Hello, this is Kashara Johnson, and you are listening to Undiscovered Worth, the podcast, a podcast where I have open and honest conversations with a variety of people about their lives and the things and events that bring meaning and depth to them. My hope for you is that this space provides you inspiration and the encouragement to curiously dive a little deeper into that which creates more connection and growth in your own life. I'm really happy that you're here, and I hope that you enjoy. Thank you. Hello. So in this episode, we are talking all about making peace with religion, specifically the ones that we were raised with. Um, This conversation is with me and my friend Deb, who I also met in New York City at the same organization that I met Niara at, um, who was featured in the last episode. Um, This conversation was really special to me because it is very rare to be interviewed by the interviewee. Um, A lot of the questions that I asked, she bounced them back to me, which, you know, I've, I've given it thought for myself, but it's a different type of experience to actually say the words out loud and to process it that way. So we talk about um, religion. Um, We both were raised Christian, so there will be a lot of talk about, you know, the things we experienced living in a Christian kind of, within a Christian kind of community. Um, But I actually have a very sneaky suspicion that it would apply to a lot of other religions, these experiences of questioning and, you know, wrestling with the uncertainties. So we talk about um, community and the process of unlearning and really so much more that's intertwined with religion. Um, This was recorded a few months ago, really towards the top of the year. So I will say that, you know, my beliefs and views on religion and spirituality are ever evolving and even months after this conversation, my beliefs have shifted. But I am finding that it's very much possible to make peace in that kind of ebb and flow of um, figuring out where a person lands when it comes to something as, I guess, mysterious and really faith-based as, well, faith. So... I hope that you enjoy this conversation. As always, if you um, would like to reach out and provide your thoughts and all of those things, I would also love that too. All right, take care. Um, One thing I did just realize is that you never introduced yourself. (laughs) We just jumped in. So if you could just pretend like this is the beginning, just tell me about yourself or tell the audience about yourself and then I'll stitch it to the front. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hi. My name is Deb. I am, um, you know, based in New York, I'm currently living in Queens, New York. I, I, I currently work as a pupil partner in HR, um, and I'm really, really excited to be here with Kishar today. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so I haven't done a podcast season in like three years. And this season, I decided that it was going to be about making peace, the ways that we make peace within our lives and with other people and and things like that. And so this is just very conversational, like how we usually talk to each other. Um, And we'll kick it off by asking, 
um, what's a way that you've made peace in your life, whether it can be recent or in the past, it can be something that's defining or small. Yeah, no, I, I thank you for having me. It's an honor to, to be on your podcast, but I definitely gave it some thought as to you know, what it is that I really, really either struggled with or, and, you, know, you know, have thought about making peace with or still probably in the process of making peace with. And um, I realized that, you know, and this also came up when you were on the Aronize podcast, but religion has always been uh, a struggle for me, um, you know, and more specifically the concept of Christianity, that's where the religion I was brought up on, but religion in general, um, you know, has always been something that I've, in one, you know, aspect of my life have just always gone along with to then being completely opposed to, to now, um, you know, I can say, I can't 100% say I'm at peace with it, but I'm learning to be okay with not having all of the answers or not having to conform to a certain idea um, of what should be or, or what is right and, and wrong. Um, and so that's definitely something that has been on my mind my entire life, but more specifically, in the context of making peace with it um, in the past year or, or two, for sure. Is there something that's happened that made you, I guess, kind of reach this kind of journey of making peace with it? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, I, I think more, now more than ever, our world, you know, is divided in, in a lot of, of ways. And just due to certain situations that have occurred really in the last five years, um, you know, it's, you know, in the context of the United States, um, you know, also globally, um, you know, I, I think religion has not, you know, been the main reason, but has played a lot of the aspects um, of the polarization of different people. Um, and for a really long time, I think I knew, I, I had a certain expectation of what religion should be. And, and, and in my gut, I've always had the, these values instilled in me. And to then, you know, either, you know, hear presidents saying one thing or certain groups, you know, um, you, know iso- you know, isolating other groups or, um, you know, attacking other groups based on religious values or the same religious values that I thought they would have um, you know, definitely caused, you know, a deep disconnect in, in me to a point where um, I no longer felt like, you know, I could be religious if I believed in certain values such as um, a woman's right to do something with her, you know, to be able to choose for her, for her own body or to be able to love who they love um, or to even get vaccinated. You know, I think, you know, I, I, you know, and, and I, I don't obviously, you know, go more into that, but I think that, you know, the concept of religion has definitely become more politicized in the last five years. And I think it's hard for me to consider myself a part of a group, you know, you know, when there's just so much kind of, you know, division still you know, that I still grapple with every single day. 
Mm. Um, and, and so, um, you know, it's, it's definitely something that I still don't have an answer for, but what I do know is, you know, the foundations of, you know, Christianity is, is love, you know, and that is what I, you know, am choosing to, you know, abide by every single day. Um, I, I do still consider myself very spiritual. Um, and, you know, again, every single day, whenever I feel like my values are kind of compromised, am I really going to be looking at, you know, what society has deemed a certain way of viewing religion or viewing this concept of morality or righteousness, or am I going to stick with my gut um, and, you know, stick with, you know, what I feel, you know, our society should be in terms of how we see each other. And, and, you know, that is driven by love. And the rest of religion, I realized, is driven by societal norms or oppression or etc. So, yeah. Have you... uh... How does that, how has that impacted your sense of community? Because to be honest, I kind of, I think my journey with making peace and I still have not started like for sure 20, like 2016, like November, 2016, I was like, I'm like, when you're a Christian, they tell you like, you're supposed to be in community. You're supposed to be in community. And then when you see that, like your community, it just shook me to my core. And it's really kind of, I'm still trying to figure out what community looks like and how to make peace with a community that you're supposed to be part of. Like, have you also had that kind of experience too? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think it, and it stems back to, you know, like my childhood, I was, I was raised in, in the church, right. And I was raised in a community where, you know, because of um, the, you know, the fact that I did grow up in the church, I really didn't know, you know, anybody else in terms of like really my close friends in my community, unless it was other Christians, right? Other Christians or other, you know, uh, I think the most drastic my communities differed was, oh, like what denomination are you? Like, you know, know? and and so, but really, you know, my, my community kind of for the most, I think for the most part of my first I would say 17 years of my life, I thought that, oh, you know, it was just a norm to, you know, be a Christian and have Christian values, go to church every single Sunday. Um, And I kind of always had this kind of like dilemma in in my, you know, in my heart about the fact that like in in the Bible, right, it it says, you know, certain behaviors are not allowed, um, you know, you know, such as, you know, you know, uh, same-sex interactions or the woman submitting to the man. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, you grow up thinking that like, not that it's okay, but more of like, oh, it's just a part of you know, the Christian faith, so you kind of go along with it, kind of, you know, but I, I think it's always bothered me um, until I really, you know, went to college and, you know, started working where I realized that I have been in a bubble my entire life, where I actually haven't, you know, you know, been in a community where people are out and queer and proud, mm-hmm. where um, people, um, you know, are really struggling with their identity, 
um, and people who, you know, again, uh, who, you know, are, are, and again, I think because I, I was raised in New York City, it's, you know, I was so blessed to not be able to see the racial disparities as, as much as some people from other, you know, parts of the world do. Um, but that's, you know, where I really saw it happen. And, and, and that's where I really like clashed with, you know, my sense of Christianity um, in the sense of like, wow. I think I see a whole other world and how do I now, how I'm like, I can no longer be okay with now just going with the status quo in the church. Um, and as I tried to like kind of mold those, you know, two worlds together, you kind of, you know, see things and, and your listeners, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to paint the church in a really bad light. You know, I think some churches are really have really bad, um, and negative connotations, but I think, you know, in the church that I grew up in, we never, like, held up picket fences and picked up signs and said, you know, God hates you, right? We, I didn't grow up in that environment, but I would, you know, have conversations with older married couples where, you know, the husband makes all the decisions and, you know, the, the wife just had to submit or... Um, you know, or uh, they would say, quote, and this is, you know, I'm, I'm directly quoting some of these people, they would say, oh, like, gay people are allowed to be here, but they're not allowed to be in uh, positions. So they're not allowed to, you know, uh, serve. And in the context of serving, it's, it's being in, you know, certain positions in, in the church, it's just like an elder or maybe like a worship leader. And in my head, I kept thinking, like, wait. Like, so that, that is isn't definition of love because the definition of love is unconditional and this is all conditional. Like everything you're telling me is conditional. And so that became like another phase and another stage where I had to like wrestle between, um, you know, what my sense of community is. And, you know, I remember one day I just said, I, I can no longer consider myself a part of this community just because I don't think I'll ever mm. be okay with you know, what this community, you know, uh, you know, believes in or, you know, abides in. Um, and till this day, I don't feel comfortable going back into that community. And, but that doesn't mean I don't, I, I you know, and, and that doesn't mean I kind of don't feel comfortable being a Christian anymore. I think it's more along the lines of, I think I need to figure out who that community is and, um, you know, find, find my new community. Um, and I still haven't really found that, you know, but I, I, I'm not giving up on that search. Um, but, you know, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of my sense of community and, and where community, what community has meant to me at, at the moment. Mm-hmm. What's, um, what's been the, the, I guess the hardest part about this journey of, of making peace with it all? Yeah, that's some of my closest friends would never be able to see what I see, mm. which is really heartbreaking to me. Um, and um, just just knowing that, you know, that so many of those in my previous communities, and especially the church, um, not that they are, you know, you know, terrible human beings in any way, you know, shape or form, they, they are also lovely human beings, but the fact that they 
I don't think are ever gonna, you know, be in a place where they become uncomfortable enough to step outside of their own perspectives um, and really see, you know, that so many people in our world just need to be heard, and and, and that a lot of the the, the aspects of uh, the church still prevents that from happening. Um, and that that's truly heartbreaking, and I don't know if you've had the same, you know, kind of, you know, uh, honestly. While you were talking, I was like, she is so compassionate because I absolutely, I, I think the thing that's the hardest for me has been kind of this feeling of lost time. Like, I wish I would have been able to see outside of, I guess, just outside sooner than getting hit over the head with a brick in 2016. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, (laughs) you know, and I wish, I just, I think it's, I think that's what it is. I haven't even thought to have compassion for the people who are still in that kind of belief system. It's more so been like, I've, feel sad that there's so much that I'm having to unlearn, you know? And also the feeling of, I feel like you were very, you were very lucky to live in New York city because for me, like to grow up in the deep South and Southern Baptist, like very rigid. I was one of those kids that like had to hold the sign that people beeped at to talk about how abortion is wrong. Like, And I remember being a kid, like seven, eight, and as a child being like, this doesn't feel right. But then everyone else is like, you're the wrong supposed to know. So like, maybe this is, but like holding the sign up so that nobody gets, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, (laughs) so I think for me, the struggle, the hardest part has been not, it's just been feeling like I've like having like the burden of having to unlearn so much. Like I always, I would say that it felt very much like looking back now, growing up, it felt very much like growing up in a circus, but you're the one that's you're supposed to be in the audience, but you're all, they're expecting you to also be in the, but you're like, I don't, I don't think I belong here. Like something's not quite right, but no one else is acknowledging that, that's what it felt like for me. And so there's a sense of relief being out of that kind of, because I honestly, I don't even know if I consider myself a Christian anymore. Um, So there's a relief of being out of that because it's like, no, I wasn't crazy. Like something that was like, it wasn't supposed to necessarily, like that's not what Christianity is supposed to be. But there's that sadness of like, man, even though, growing up, I knew that I didn't necessarily completely believe all of it and something seemed off. There's still so much that I've had to unlearn about women's roles and using your voice and things like that, that's used like religion. And this is across, I mean, I assume this isn't just Christianity, people, you know, like fundamental Christians, but like there's this, you know, religion's used as a tool to control different groups, you know, and so that's that's what it's been like for me. 
what is the most difficult part of you know your identity that you still have to unlearn? Like, what is the like that makes you the most atheist? Like, mm-hmm. f like if only I wasn't brought up in the church, you wouldn't, you know. Hmm. Oh my gosh. Um. I think for me, the biggest thing I've had to learn in going to therapy is that I am not inherently flawed and that I can trust my instincts. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. Because in church, you're taught that like, you know, you're, you're not, you can't trust your heart. You can't trust your heart. Your flesh is weak. And what's your flesh? Your flesh is your instincts. It's whatever. Like there's always someone else who knows more. If it's not God, then it's your pastor. Or if it's not your pastor, then it's your community leader. You know, it's always someone else knows more than you. And that's difficult as a black woman, as a woman in general, because you're taught to submit and it's like ingrained in you, even if no one specifically says it, like you just get that feeling that that's the way it's supposed to be. And then as someone who is black, you know, there are passages, like ways, especially in the South, like there are passages in the Bible that people have used as a reason for like Noah, like for example, Noah and his three sons and, or, or, you know, like one of them was black, which is why and they grew up and like they lived, they moved off to the South of the border and this and that. And like, they were like the whole idea of Cain, Cain, had a mark on him and people have used that as a way to say he was black. And that's like, I've had to grow up in that kind of, and that's something I've had to have having to unpack as someone who went to a black church, but who also grew up, like spent a number of years going to white churches too. Like the inherent racism. That's, it's just so, that's the part that makes me the angriest. I think the the ways that I've, and that's what I'm when I say like I feel like there's so much lost like time yeah. to have grown yeah. up in that where it's like racism is embedded in religion and also like misogyny is embedded in in religion. Yeah. Also, <laughs> Jesus not white. Oh Jesus my god! Not wise and blonde hair. Don't <laughs> even get girl- me started. Don't even get me started. <laughs> yeah. People don't want to hear no, that I, part. Yeah. Yeah. I 100% agree with you. I think, you know, yeah, I completely forgot about that part of like, yeah, the concept of Christianity is like, you're broken. And we need our, you know, we need our, literally our, we need, we need to be washed by Christ's blood, which is morbid first of all morbid first of all and like <laughs> disgusting <laughs> um but um yeah the, the fact that we are inherently flawed is something that i think especially you know as a woman of color as well that made my voice even smaller oh like especially in the church like oh like yeah no i i don't i like if i have any ounce of pride i should i should take that away Mm-hmm. Um, which is wow, wow! I so many thoughts are coming back to me. Right Even now. like the idea of to this day, if I do something nice for someone, 
I still second guess my own intentions. Like, oh, if it wasn't completely pure intentions, then that means it didn't count as a good deed. And I don't know if that's just, <laughs> if that's just me. <laughs> um, or gosh, the, the most triggering word for me nowadays is like grace. Oh my grace, gosh. You know, grace, how grace. Like that was, that was, a, that word was abused so much. Mm-hmm. Like in horrible of contexts to the most like petty of contexts. And I realized, like, like, that is not just a word that, like, people use in their everyday lives. And I remember I, like, used a word, you know, in a meeting at work one time. And I was like, why did I use that word? <laughs> why should we have grace? Like, why should I have the audacity to have grace on you? And that just means I, yeah, that means I don't see you as my equal. Mm-hmm as my peer and to this day I was you know I felt like we were brainwashed to feel like like gaslighted to to feel like grace is such a redeeming word when really it's not yeah yeah my word that I hate or phrase um doing life together (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck does that mean (laughs) what does that mean (laughs) The fellowship hall. Let's do life together. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. There, that's that is so. Yeah, there's still so much to. I feel like it, it'll be like I've kind of accepted that. That's one of the things I've kind of accepted a little bit. I guess it's that most people think you would think that healing and kind of progress is kind of this this natural upward going up a mountain type of thing. And eventually you just arrive and you're not, you don't feel those feelings. But I kind of think of it now as like an upward spiral. Like you keep going and you hit that same like ring, but it's different. It's just different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're like kind of like, like those games where you unlock certain levels of mm-hmm. like, okay, I've made peace with this aspect of my concept and my relationship to religion. But then there's like this huge dark cloud that still exists that you have to like kind of unpack. But, you know, each time you unpack it, it's a huge win because that means you are, you know, kind of either, it's it, like religion is so closely kind of, you know, identity, which is why some people feel strongly about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in a lot of sense, you're, you're healing yourself and your and your what your identity and like who you are as you kind of unpack all these bits and pieces. Mm. Um, so there's a way there, which is why at the beginning I was like, this is not like a resolved piece, but more of like you know, in progress kind of piece that I'm still navigating around. Yeah, I I think when I started my journey, there was like a real like almost an agonizing process of like because there's such a fear of hell you know that you I grew up with so I'm like if I let that go what does that mean like if I believe that other religions also can go to heaven like what does this mean like what does this mean if I don't necessarily like it's I've I've had to also make peace with that so I'm, I'm curious what is your idea of like spirituality now? Because the way I view religion now is 
I view religion and or really spirituality as where whatever religion you pick, it's one that makes you feel the most at peace with yourself and most connected with other people. That's the best way that I've been able to kind of process it, I guess, or like make, make sense of it all because it used to be, it's a Christianity or nothing. Like we're going to open up those gates, girl, and you're going to jump into that fiery pit. If you don't believe Christianity, that's it. Like you're done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the same for me. I think I grew up in, you know, I, I this is so fucked up, not that I'm thinking about it, but, like, like an activity, like, our Sunday school did. And this was me, like, when I was, like, in the third grade. So what is that, like, eight years old? Mm-hmm. Nine years old. An activity that we did, like, on this, like, you know, retreat that we went through um, was they took all the kids and they were like, okay, we're going to show you what hell looks like. Right, exactly. And so uh, they, like, created this whole, like, maze. And so the first phase, like, they, like, this is so fucked up. I'm not going to think about it. They put us into luggages, closed up the luggages, and, like, started beating the luggage. You are fuck. You're just, lying. Just not, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Yeah, like, and this is, like, this is, the, like, the my parents weren't there. Like, they took us on, like, a trip. And they, like, first, like, beat us into luggages, and they made us do, like, a like hundred, like, squats or something for, like, the pain. Um, and then they, like, you know, we had, like, the, the like, the supervised, like, the group of counselors, and I, like, wear and dress, like, with these, like, masks on to scare the hell out of us. And, of course, we were, like, traumatized. And, you know, it turns out, you know, our parents didn't know, and they ended up, like, you know, uh, like, like, having a serious conversation with, the, the director at the time um but i we as well we're like <laughs> oh fuck i'm not, i need to get to heaven I'm like i mean i need to do whatever it takes to get to heaven and i think as i got older i think though i mean so here's where like obviously it's, it's the most you know excruciating like excruciating is because the whole concept of the bible and christianity is the concept of like redemption and you know the only way to have it is by believing in jesus christ but also when you see who jesus christ was he was the epitome of inclusion and Mm. love so it's such a pair it's like it's like the opposite of each other and i'm like how is it that you know the the bible which is man-made technically was written by humans by mm-hmm. men mostly men um claims that jesus said that the only way to heaven is by believing in him and but but obviously it depends on who you are and what type of person you are right and so uh, yeah yeah the muslims don't count the jews who are the ogs don't count <laughs> um you know those counts and i'm like i realize that like you know this is more like in the last three years of how it like that does not make sense because if if that were true then the whole concept of jesus and who he was is a lie like that is that is a lie you cannot have somebody who is so inclusive and so loving and 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 and, and if you look back on like accounts of what he does he doesn't exclude anybody you know in fact he treats everyone he approaches 
as just someone he purely loves. And, and so, and really it's like his disciples and his team who are, you know, putting all of these, Mm -hmm. you know, rules there. And so I, you know, have now gone to a place where like, you know, I'm, I, I want to hold on to the concept of Christ because, you know, in a lot of ways, as much as I resent growing up in the church, a lot of the the values I learned in the church is who I is who I am now as how I approach other people. Um, in the in the context of you know love, right? And in, in the context of you know always looking out for uh, the you know the other side, or you know if if someone is oppressed or in need, standing by them and being for them. Um, and so, you know, I think it's, it's such like a back and forth because I'm like, yeah, I, I want to believe in Christ, but also don't want to believe in that, that rule that supposedly is around Christ, but also, and, and also I don't want to affiliate myself with the church, but I also want to be, um, kind of a reflection of what the church is. Cause the church is not the, the actual like building or mm-hmm. like even like the congregation, the church is like you know, Christ and like who he was, right? And so it's definitely, you know, kind of very, like, it's so conflicting. Um, but what I do know is I've been able to differentiate between, you know, this is what society has over hundreds of years have deemed the concept of Christianity and actually now looking at, you know, who the foundation of Christianity was, was who they were as a person or people, or whatever they were, that's what I want to believe, not not everything else. Um, and I'm okay with that, and heck, I am not going to spend every single day thinking I'm going to go to hell, because that means it's like, it's like literally 90% of this earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Speaking of, I love that you said that, it's like 90% of this earth, because I, I can't remember where I read it from, but... Um, I read, it was like a Buddhist teacher or something like that, but he said that he didn't believe in like a physical hell. He believed that hell is like a state. And so he said, hell is wherever there's a lack of understanding and compassion. That's, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's when you think about it, you're, it's like, yeah, 90% of this earth is like hell, you know, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, you know, like, you know, how do, how do you see the world now? Like, knowing that it once thought you were going to hell. How do you see your life now and where it will lead or mm-hmm. what happens when it ends and, and, and stuff like that? Yeah. I... I'm still not completely over the fear that I'm going to hell. But what I did, what I have reached, uh, I've I've reached a place where I'm like, okay, if God is big enough to create the world and be the universe and this and that, then he's also like strong enough to handle the questions that I have and the uncertainty that I have around it. And he can handle my doubts or they can handle my doubts. And so that's kind of where I've landed so far. I think that, like I said, I I think that 
that God is everywhere, you know? And I think that for me, I'm finding, I've kind of decided to find that, that spirituality, like I said, for me is wherever I can feel the most connected to others. Like the space where I feel like I'm small, not in like a bad way, but like really feeling like there's more, like there are other people out there. And um, that's kind of where I've landed. I've, I told Niara, I've, I think that I've really feel more connected to Buddhism and, and just because it feels like a connection, a direct link to what I've learned in therapy, I can make sense of it. I felt like with Christianity, I had to kind of convince myself of like, okay, well, I'm not quite sure how those things line up. And that doesn't like, it doesn't reflect my personal experience, but if it's in there, then okay, I guess it's okay. And I'll just kind of have to, anxiously believe it you know but with buddhism i feel like i can i can understand it and when you really kind of zoom out there are like a i mean with every religion there's lots of similarities in the messaging and i think it just really comes down to what's the like what connects with you the most what makes the most sense and feels the most natural to you to be able to connect with your personal experience and the teaching you know i i I like swear they're all the same being just for some reason, because of our own biases and because of our own prejudices, the prejudices against each other, mm-hmm. they're now different things and different, you know, groups. But I, yeah, I swear that they're all the same being. Because like, they, I mean, at- every culture has a flood story. Every culture has some kind <laughs> of creation story. I personally believe that, it's all just, it's these different religions have been created based off of personal experience and cultural experience. Whatever can make the most sense to different cultures is was how these were all created. Like somebody isn't going to necessarily understand Christianity in the way that they could understand their own religion. I mean, you saw that with um, like with enslaved people when they came here and were taught Christianity. Like some were monotheistic and they were, or, or, was it theistic? What's the what's the is it multi-theistic? <laughs> what's the what's the word for multiple gods? Like there are people who who under who who understood multiple poly, yes. Poly. There were people who their whole religion was polytheistic, multiple gods, and so they could understand the idea of Christianity because there's a father, son, like it's three. You know, it's just I think all of it is the same. It's just based off of your cultural it's the it's been created through a cultural lens we our whole lives look at that and and it's that's why we're divided and that is why we're divided and it's complete opposite of what we were taught you know yeah. like we were taught to pit ourselves from the other and not even the just wrong yes and not even just other religions but the I remember growing up in church and we would spend Bible studies talking about other denominations and how they were wrong. <laughs> yes, even other denominations. Like we would even fight against them like, oh, like they're too crazy. Like they're too wild for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah. And I feel like that just 
that just shows just how much how much flaw there is in letting our own just our own isolated worlds get in the way of literally and I, I feel like in the beginning when all all these religions were were created if if like if we had all like gotten a light bulb in my heads and then said wow this, we're just all the same this is the same we all believe in the same values and we're all one people one one group i i could i like we would live in a, such a i i feel like we could be living in heaven already mm-hmm. like i feel like we'd be living in a utopia because like then we would not have our differences and we would not have all the wars and the political differences and like racism like everything would would have altered it mm-hmm. and you know blame i'm i'm whoever all all 12 disciples i am blaming them I, what the fuck <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um if if i asked you what ways has the religion that you grew up with positively impacted who you are would you be able to answer that because we've talked a lot about like the flaws but you are right it's and i have to remind myself of that like there are so many things you're right that i the way that i am is a lot of it is based off of the religion that i grew up with the really positive impacts of it so i'm, I'm curious what what specific types of ways have you been positively impacted and how's it like specifically yeah, shaped who you are? For sure. Um, I think, you know, first and foremost, I think the basic concept of, of love and how, you know, we, we should love one another. And, you know, that, that basic like foundational concept is, is what, you know, led me to be able to like be the person in my everyday life and when making decisions and, even, you know, you know, even at, you know, even at, at like work or even, you know, going to like the grocery store, um, just being able to see the other person eye to eye and nothing else. Um, you know, I, I think that the concepts of, you know, anger and the concepts of, you know, being able to, you know, meet somebody in, you know, where they are when, you know, resolving conflict, I think, is, is a huge aspect of, um, you know, not hating somebody, you know, as much as Christianity, radical Christianity preaches hate, the concept of Christianity, like, and, and growing up in the church, you know, you're, you're taught not to hate, mm-hmm. right, and like, you know, slow your anger, and if you have something against somebody, you know, don't come to the altar until you've resolved that, you know, with that person, um, and so those basic fundamentals have definitely like ingrained in me the way that I approach, you know, others and the way that I interact with others. Um, you know, I, I do I think I'd be a murderer if I wasn't Christian? No. <laughs> like I think that's, you know, I think like that is like pretty I think, you know, a lot of us grow up not wanting to be murderers anyways, uh, without I think you know, so. you know <laughs> I think so. Um, you know, but you know, I think the concept of, I think, you know, family is also, you know, big, not, you know, obviously not like biblically, but like, you know, I think the concept of just, you know, being there for your family is, is just been a dynamic in the church and Christianity. 
Um, so that has been has been huge for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there are definitely a lot of cons and pros, so I'm like, you know, trying to like think of more. But I think that's it so far. That's it. I would say what that's are, a very good list. What about you? <laughs> um. Hmm. I have to think a little harder. I would say one of the things that I do remember the most is this is so random, but Ecclesiastes was like my favorite book. And for anyone who's not Christian, I would say Ecclesiastes is one of the most pessimistic books of the Bible. I mean, aside from like Job, whose whole life was blown up, you know, but Ecclesiastes talked so much about life being meaningless and everything being temporary and things coming in cycles and seasons and how you can build up all of this wealth and all of these things. And then it's just, it doesn't mean anything at the end. And I, that particularly, I think has been something that stuck with me a lot. Um, Also, like, I think that coupled with like my family, like we lived, you know, really well. um, But like, the actual dynamics of our family, like from the outside, you wouldn't know that it wasn't happy. So like, even now, like when I go places and I see people with really nice clothes and like, I see big house, like I'm not impressed by that type of stuff. One, because of Ecclesiastes and because of my own upbringing. So I feel like I try to take that with me when I go to work and interact with people, like just, I guess, I guess that's kind of like about equality everyone being the same and at the end the thing that equals all of us is death (laughs) that's that that (laughs) (laughs) I know that sounds kind of depressing but I think uh, like it helped me not feel so anxious about the idea of Mm -hmm. what happens at the end of our lives because it's like at the end it doesn't it, it doesn't matter, you know? Right, right. It's just about the, 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 the life that you build with people and, um, you know, the meaningful things that you do in your life. That's, that's kind of what I yeah. took away from it. I mean, that along with that and being kind to people, I try my best or, you know, not stealing or, Forgiveness is a hard one. That's one that I still work on. Right, forgiveness. I forgot. I forgot forgiveness. Oh wow, forgiveness. Um, that is that is definitely a hard one. Um, man, this was this was this was fun and yeah. Thank you so much. And grateful and also a little traumatizing at the same time. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for. You know, uh, uh, having you know me and, and allowing me to have this conversation. Yeah, thank you. If you enjoyed this episode or the podcast in general, I would love to hear from you and to know what part resonated. This podcast is literally rooted in connecting with people, and that includes you as a listener. To get in touch, you can email me at kashara at kasharajohnson.com that's k-a-s-h-a-r-a 
or you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Kashara underscore Johnson. Thanks so much for listening. Talk soon.